Well, how's it going, Rich Church? Awesome, awesome. Lively crowd for the 11 o'clock. I like it. That's great. Good stuff. Hey, uh, my name is Bobby. I'm one of the pastors here at the Ridge. We're so glad you're with us uh, today uh, as we conclude this series called I Just Can't. And uh, if you have not had a chance to, to go and listen to uh, the rest of the series, we just encourage you to go to ridgechurch.cc and you can listen online uh, right there. You can look, look for it on iTunes as well. So as I uh, mentioned earlier, Kevin said this as uh, we lit the Advent candle. Today marks the very beginning of the Advent season. And so Advent, the word Advent literally means arrival. And, and, and so what we are doing during this season now till the end of uh, December is we are celebrating Advent, meaning the arrival of Jesus. And so we are celebrating the, the first arrival of Christ, but we are also eagerly awaiting and anticipating his second coming. And so that's what the Advent season is all about. I just highly encourage you, if you've uh, not ever done Advent together as a family or not done it uh, yourself, I just encourage you to go online. You can actually go to our Facebook page later today, and uh, there, there'll be posted there an Advent devotional that you can follow along, and then we'll post some others as well uh, on Facebook later this week as well on our blog. So if you've never done an Advent devotional uh, during this season, it, it really just brings the season to life. And I don't know if you're like me or not, but sometimes Christmas just gets so uh, incredibly crazy and busy and all over the place that, that sometimes you get to the December the 25th, you wake up, you're standing in a pile of wrapping paper and you go, what just happened, right? Like, and you just kind of miss the whole thing. And so uh, let's not do that this year. So next week, we're going to start an Advent series as well uh, here at the Ridge. And so we're really excited about that. So speaking of Advent, AJ mentioned to you the, the uh, Christmas services, uh, Christmas Eve Eve services on December the 23rd over at the Grove Theater. And uh, really, really excited about that. Can't wait to see what the Lord does with that. So hope that you'll make plans uh, to be there for that as well. So uh, let me ask you a question. How many of you would be uh, willing or or care to admit this. Uh, some of the people in the first service did, not many, but maybe, maybe you're a little more brave than they are. How many of you would care to admit that you are directionally challenged? Anybody? Okay, a few. Uh, listen, there's not a dude that raised his hand in here. There's not a guy in here that raised his hand, right? So in the first service, we had a couple of guys who actually raised their hands, which was great, right? And so I'm like, all right, good for you, man. That's awesome. So a couple people. So directionally challenged. I, I thought about this th that this week, and I was like, you know, I think maybe at times that I, I can be directionally challenged as well. It's like, but wouldn't it be really cool? Like, wouldn't it be great if there was a diagnostic to be able to tell if a person was directionally challenged or not? So uh, spouses, you can use this against your, your significant other, right? And be like, hey, this, this test said that you're directionally a cha challenged, so you need to admit it, okay? Let's just get to the end of this right here. And so actually, I, I looked around a little bit, and I actually found a test. Somebody came up with 15 signs that says, hey, you are directionally challenged if any one of these is you. I was like, that's great. You know? So it's kind of like one of those you might be a redneck deals. You know what I'm talking about? I love those things. The only thing I don't like about those is that I always get offended because they're talking about me. right? And I'm just like, Jeff Foxworthy, quit, man. Leave me alone. So here it is. Check this out. If you don't know, someone came up with 15 signs. I'm going to give you five of them. I'm not going to do all 15. I'm just going to give you five signs that you might be directionally challenged. Okay, so check this out. You might be directionally challenged if people in your car need to shut it so you can concentrate. You know what I'm talking about? You, you ever been there before? Like, turn off the radio. I got to concentrate, right? Shh, 
like you're yelling at the kids when you're driving down the interstate because you got like 30 sons, you know, going on, and you're like, be quiet, right? You're like yelling at your kids and stuff, you might be directionally challenged if that's you. You might be directionally challenged. Number two, if you get directions in north, south, east, or west, and you just decide to go back home, right? You're just like, what you want to do is you want to go north right outside of this parking lot and then go west. You're like, I'm done. I'm just going to go back home. I'm stay put. You might be directionally challenged if your mind turns to mush when directions are longer than two sentences. You know what I'm talking about? Like you just pass out. It's like, ugh, I can't handle it. You know, it's like done, right? Just boom, done. Number, th- number four, you might be directionally challenged if you can only kind of understand directions that use landmarks. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, because streets, they're hard, you know, like you just, it's just one of those things. Like you, if you're fairly new here to the Ridge or if you remember the first time that you came to the Ridge, I promise you one of the things that you asked when somebody said, oh, it's over on LaSalle Road, you went, where's that? It's by the soccer field. Oh, okay, I got it. I, I know that's that, right? Like you knew that part, right? But just like the rest of it, you're like, I don't know what that is. Okay, anyway, so number five, the last one. You might be directionally challenged if this is what your nightmares are made of. <laughs> right? You know, I, I love the detour sign that says, you know, either way. Like, because at that point, I'd be just like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to sit right here. I'm good. You know, I just won't, won't go anywhere. Right? Road closed. Yeah, so, so you might be, like, any one of those is you. You might be directionally challenged. But the truth is, is, is this, though, is that we all... I think we, we could all say this, if it's true about ourselves, is that we all want to know where we're going and how we're going to get there, don't we? Like, we want to know where we're going and how we're going to get there. Like, none of us ever just get up one day and go, you know what, I'm just going to go, you know, we'll just end up wherever, you know? Like, nobody really enjoys doing that, right? You, nobody enjoys getting lost. Nobody enjoys getting turned around. Nobody enjoys being directionally challenged in that way. And so, like, like we, I think we all want to know where we're going and how we're going to get there. Now, tell me, tell me if I'm sitting on your couch in your living room or not when I say this, okay? There is nothing that feels as uncertain or more uncertain than trying to figure out what God's plan or will is for your life. Anybody feel that one? How many of you would say, you know what, I would love to know what God's plan is for my life. I, I would love to know what God's purpose and will and, and, and plan, like I want to know that. I think we, like, we all want to know that. We all want to know that. And here's, here's the beauty of this. Here's what I love about this. One, I think we make it way too complicated. We'll talk about that in a minute. But two... God wants you to know what his plan and will is for your life is too. Did you know that? Like God actually wants you to know that. Like he's not trying to confuse you uh, contrary to what some of us may believe. Like God is not not trying to, to throw you off and get you off base. Like he's not trying to confuse you in this thing. He actually wants you to know what his plan, his purpose, and his will is for your life. Check this out. We're going to look at a lot of scripture today, and so if you're following along on the screen behind me, you can do that. We'll, we'll be all over the place. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there with me. Uh, we're going to really uh, burn up the fingers here today, so we've got a lot of places that we're going to go. Just uh, don't get lost. All right, so here we go. Check this out. Ephesians 5 says this. Paul writes this in Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15. He says, Look carefully, then, how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Now, let's stop right there for just a second. 
that's good advice for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a follower of Christ or not. That's just good advice, is, is it not? Walk as wise, not as unwise. That's just good information. Verse 16, he says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Now, listen to verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You see, Paul writes right there, he says, look, God wants you to know. God wants you to know what his will is. God wants you to know what his purpose and his plan is for your life. And that is good news for all of us. But before we can know it for our own lives, we have to first understand what, what God's doing, what his um, overarching will is, not only for us, but for the entire world. And so we're going to do a little Bible study for a minute, if that's okay with you guys. And I just want to try to make this as, as simple as possible, because I don't know about you, I don't like complicated, I like simple. And so we're going we're gonna to make this really simple, I think, really simple to follow along, because we could get really complicated if we want, wanted to, but we don't want to do that. So check this out. Three things. The first thing we need to understand is we need to understand that God, He has a sovereign will. God has a sovereign will. This means that, that God has a plan and, and God's doing that plan. He, he's handling His business, basically, is what we're saying here. God has a sovereign will. He has a plan and He's doing that plan. And listen to me when I say this. You and I, we don't get input into that plan. Like, we don't get input. Genesis chapter 1, God creates the heavens and the earth, right? We, we sang about that in, in that song, uh, uh, Indescribable, right? We're talking about how God just speaks and, and it creates, you know, this entire world that we live on. And Genesis 1, when it says that God created the heavens and the earth and he created the, the water and the land and the sea, and then he asked you what color the grass was going to be. It doesn't say that, does it? Right? Like, like you, we didn't get to pick that. We don't get to, to pick those things. And God, so God has a sovereign will. It's, it's Him doing His plan. And we don't get input into it. It's, it's Him handling His business. He wanted the, the nation of Israel to be set free. Right? We look at, at the next book in the Bible, Exodus. It's the story of, of God uh, setting the people of Israel free. They were uh, enslaved to the people of Egypt. And so God sends a man by the name of Moses, right? And he calls him. You get that whole burning bush thing, right? God speaks to him and says, Moses, we want you to, to, I want you to go and I want you to tell Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world, the leader of Egypt, and I want you to go to him and I want you to tell him that, to let the people go, Right? And you see, in that, God is doing what God's going to do. Now, he uses these plagues. It says that, that he uses these ten plagues in that, in that purpose. And listen, God wanted to use ten plagues. He could have used one. He could have used a hundred. Didn't matter. We don't get input into that. God's doing what God's doing. And so the people of Israel were going to be set free. And listen, when a, Pharaoh could not, would not, and would never be able to stop it. Because this was part of God's sovereign will. God had to take you and I. He had to save sinners. And so in order to be able to, to save sinners like myself from their sins, he had to have a sacrifice to cover the debt, and that sacrifice would be Jesus. And here, here's, the cra here's the crazy thing about this. I think we miss this a lot of times when we, when we think about this. You see... We don't have to like God's sovereign will. We don't have to like it. 
but we should hope to follow it and be obedient to it. Because here's the thing, think about this for a second. Jesus, there was a moment in Jesus' time when Jesus himself did not like God's sovereign will. When he's praying in the garden and he is asking God the Father to remove, he says, God, if you could take this cup from me. In other words, he was saying, Father, if there is any other way besides the cross, I would rather do that. But not my will be done, but whose will? God's will. See, Jesus himself was saying, I I would rather do this a little bit differently if we could. Because I know what's coming. Jesus knew that the cross was coming. He knew that he was hours away from being beaten and murdered. And he knew this. One, he knew it because he was God in the flesh himself, right? But secondly, he knew this because he had read it for himself. Isaiah 53.10. Isaiah 53.10 says that it was the will of the Lord to crush him. You get that? Like, we miss that a lot of times, don't we? We forget about that a lot of times, that it was the will of God to crush Jesus on the cross. It says that he has put him to grief. And that is part of God. It was part of God's sovereign plan, part of his sovereign will. He is, it's how he's running the world. In fact, Psalm, the writer of Psalm 115 says that our God is in the heavens and he does Whatever pleases him. Our God is in the heavens and he does whatever pleases him. And you and I do not get input into that. That's what God is doing. That is his sovereign will. And so not only does he have a sovereign will, but he also has a will of command. He has a will of command. And these are the commands that he gives us. And it's his will that we do them. But we have a choice whether or not we do or not. Right? It's his will of command, and we have, this is where we get to, to choose whether we're going to obey or disobey. Listen to this. I'll give you just a, a small, small example of this, one that I think every one of us in this room can identify with. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says that, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, <laughs> we don't have to get technical or theological with that okay because it says what it says yeah but when you break it down in the hebrew stop like quit like it's not what it's not like it says what it says right it says it listen give thanks in all circumstances he could have put a period right there and been done but he enforces it by saying this is the will of the lord in christ or of god in christ jesus for who you to give thanks, right? And so let's, let's be honest. Can we be honest? I'll be honest with you. I don't know. You guys can be honest back if you want. It's a good game to play. Um, I don't give thanks in all circumstances. I don't give thanks in all circumstances. And so therefore, because that is the will of God for me, he's saying I want you to give thanks in all circumstances. I am actually, I'm, I'm disobeying God when I'm not giving thanks in all circumstances. We just had Thanksgiving, right? Anybody have a good Thanksgiving? Good Thanksgiving, good, good. Food was great, right? Turkey, dressing, I'll have some of that. I'd love to have some of that right now, it'd be good. Um, but like, we sit down at the table and we give thanks, right? We think about the things that we're thankful for. You know, we hop on Facebook and go, I'm thankful. Like, November's the month of thanks, right? So like, every day. How many of y'all did all, all every day in, in November for, so far for that? Nobody? Okay. So like, like you know, 
<laughs> point proven, right? We're done. All right, so just y'all go home. Amen. All right, so like right, right there, right? But like we, we do Thanksgiving. And then a few hours later, we go and we drop bows on people to grab an Xbox, right? For Black Friday, you know what I'm saying? So in, in, a few hours earlier, we're giving thanks. The next, you know, the next minute, we're like, I'll, I'll show you thanks. I'm thankful that, bam, you know. I saw this, I saw this video on, uh, my wife showed me this. She was like, hey, look at this, you know, for, um, uh, for Black Friday, right? Just had, maybe you saw this, but it was like this, <laughs> these people fighting over Tupperware, Tupperware, at Wal- like, and so at Wal- I don't know if you do the whole Black Friday thing or not, but like they line everybody up, right, and then they tell everybody to go, and people just go, and it gets nuts, you know, and all that stuff, and so like these people like literally were diving onto this pallet of Tupperware, Tupperware, right, and they're getting this stuff, and this, this mom picks up a box of Tupperware and hands it to her daughter, who couldn't have been more than like seven, eight years old, and she's holding this box of Tupperware, and this grown woman comes up and runs and snatches the box of Tupperware out of this girl's hands, right, and then she tried to spin move and stiff arm, and, and the mom wasn't having none of it, like, I mean, we need to sign her up for UT, because that girl can tackle, like, I mean, she was down, right, and so like, I mean, she just, nothing, right, and you know what I mean? Like, nothing says Merry Christmas like an elbow to the face. But Jesus, Paul, what he said, listen. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. His, listen, his commands are pretty clear and easy to find. They're just not always easy to do, are they? His commands are they're, they're easy to find. They're just not always easy to do. I mean, think, think about what Jesus himself said, right? He took something, a very complicated religious system, and, and he took that and he, he, he just narrowed it down to two really simple commands that we all probably know by heart, right? Jesus said, hey, you want to know what the greatest commandment is? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The commands are easy to find. They're just not always easy to do. Sometimes we make this way more complicated than what, it, than what it really is. And so not only does God have a sovereign will, but he also has a will of command. And then number three, the one that I think we're all most interested in, is that God's personal will. This is the, the will that he has for you and for me and, and for each one of us, his plan and his purpose, you know, the, the, the when and the where and the who right? The, the when, you know, God, when am I going to get this? Or when is this going to happen? Or is this person the right person? Or is that person the right person? Am I supposed to take this job or go to this school or do this or do that or go here or go there? Like those are the things that we want to know, right? Those are the things that we want to have spelled out into our Cheerios, right? We, just, we would love to get up in the morning, pour a bowl of Cheerios, I like the apple cinnamon ones myself. But you pour it, pour, you know, bowl of Cheerios, and then right there it is. Bam, here's what I'm supposed to do today. Like, we would love to know that. And here's the thing. I think that God gives it to us. I think that God gives it to us. We just make it complicated. So follow me for just a second. Three passages that I want to unpack here, and then... Um, it will sort of give us and paint us an outline of what this looks like. The first one is this, Colossians 3.17. It gives us some some insight here on on what his will is for us. So listen to what Paul writes in Colossians 3.17. He says this, And whatever you do, 
That word whatever is really important. You should underline it. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything, another important word, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Listen to what he says. He says, in whatever you do in word or deed, basically what he's saying is everything. Everything that you do, when you go to work, when you go to school, in your conversations, in your free time, in your hobbies, in whatever you do, in your conversations, in whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. You see, when you know his ways, it will lead you into his will. When you know his ways, it will lead you into his will. I, you may disagree with me on this, and that's, that's okay. But I, I think that God isn't so concerned about the when and the where for you and I. I don't think God's very concerned about the when and the where for you and I. Now, hear me when I say this. I think there are certain things. Acts tells us uh, that, that God has placed us within uh, boundaries in which we live, work, and play, meaning that, that, he, that you are where you are, and you just are where you are. And so, like, it's not, it's not as much a concern to God as, as m- the job that you have. It's not so much a, a concern to God as, as far as the, the school that you go to or... or he, even the church that you go to. Here's what's most important. It's about the how. Are you honoring him? Are you pursuing him? Are you loving the Lord your God with all of your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself? It's more about the how than it is the where and the what. Now, I do believe that there are certain things, certain times, certain places that that God moves around, moves you around, moves the universe around to get you to be in certain places at certain times for certain things. I think that that happens. But you know what? I don't think that we need to worry about it. I think we need to worry more about the how than the when and the where. You just are where you are, so be where you are. Does that make sense? You just are where you are, so just be where you are. Somebody told me one time, they said, you know what? You have to be where your feet are. It's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, as opposed to what, you know? <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> but you, 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 have to, you have to be where you are. And where you are is where the how comes in. Are you going to honor God? Are you going to pursue God? Are you going to love Him? Or are you going to, to glorify Him where you are? I believe that if we do these things, then we're going to be right in the middle of where He wants us to be. Because, listen, because our minds will be transformed in that spot. We will be renewed. When we walk in his ways, we'll know his will. I have a, a good friend and mentor of mine who, who basically puts it like this, which, which I think is so easy for us to remember. And so we just have to listen to his voice and do what he says. We just have to listen to his voice and do what he says. And so how do we do this? Well, again, it's right here. It's not a mystery to us. It's right here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. 
in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I love that. It's spelled out for us right there. It says, trust in the Lord, lean not on our own understanding. You know, the reason why I believe the writer put that part there, that to lean not on our own understanding is because the writer of this proverb understands so clearly that when we lean on our own understanding, when we do it our way, when we trust our own hearts, we will lead ourselves astray. Because no one, I say this every week, no one has lied to you more than you have lied to you. No one has lied to me more than I have lied to me because my heart is sick. It's deceitful. Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful. It's sick. Above, who can understand it? That's what it says. And so trusting myself, trusting my own ways is going to lead me in the wrong direction. But we can trust the Lord. We can trust the Lord. It says, acknowledge him in all of our ways. In other words, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to, to please him, to honor him, to give him glory in, in all that we do. And when we do this, he says he makes straight our path. In other, in other words, he makes it clear, more clear for us. Hear, hear me when I say this, church, not easy. It doesn't say anything about the path being easy. It says it's clear. In other words, it's giving you a clear vision. It's showing you and I the direction in which he wants us to go. And that's what we want, right? That's what we want. It says this is how we get there. We trust him. We acknowledge him in everything, in all that we do, in word or deed. And so how do we do this? Well, Paul gives us a, a good picture of this in Romans 12 too. He says this, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I'm telling you all, the Bible is good, it's full of good stuff, it's right here. He says, you want to know? Right here, do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. We will not conform to the world if we obey his ways, and if, as we obey his ways, then we'll be transformed. It is spiritually impossible for you and I to encounter Jesus and not change to not be transformed. It's spiritually impossible for us to, to have a true, real encounter with Jesus Christ and not be transformed. Last week, uh, here at the Ridge, we had, uh, we had baptisms. I think we baptized three or four people here last week. We've got another baptism coming up at the end of today's service, which is awesome, right? And so here's, here's what I love. Uh, John Miller was in our uh, first service this morning. He was baptized last week. I love John Miller's story. If you saw it on Facebook this week or you were here last week and you saw his story, John Miller walked into this room several months ago as an atheist. And he gave his life to Jesus because he encountered Jesus and he was changed from the inside out. And then he got into these waters and was baptized last week. You cannot encounter Jesus and stay the same. When you meet Jesus, when you meet Jesus, he will change you. He will change you. When you've been with Jesus, it changes you. And so we're transformed by the renewal of our mind. How, how, do, we, how do we renew our mind? Well, 
We have to listen to his voice. It starts there. We have to listen to his voice. And here's the crazy thing about that. Like, let's not forget this, that these words that are in this book or in your phone that you have, Bible app or whatever, like, like wherever the scripture is, these words, this is the voice of God. Like, this is the voice of God. It, again, it's not as complicated as we've made it out to be. Listening to his voice is as easy as reading his voice because this is his voice. Let's not forget that. And, and here's, here's the crazy thing, too. Like, this is so, so different from what time used to be, is that every single one of us, if we have one of these, we have a Bible in our pocket everywhere we go. And so it's not, it's not a question of, well, how am I supposed We have it. And so we have, we have to listen to his voice. So we read his word, and then we do his word. And as we read his word and do his word, we become a reflection of the word, which is Jesus. Jesus is the word. It's what John 1 says, that the word, Jesus, became flesh. When we read his word, do his word, we reflect the word. And as we do these things, we'll never be the same and we'll be right in the middle of God's plan, purpose, and will for our own lives. Can't know what to do if we don't read what he said to do, right? So it starts here. It starts here. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but I just encourage you, like if you, um, if you go to our website, richchurch.cc, like maybe you don't, uh, maybe you, that's, your next step today is that you need to take the next step to be able to, to read his word so that you can listen to his voice and then begin to, to slowly and to the best of our flawed and imperfect ability try to do what he says, right? And so maybe that's your next step today. And so if you go to our website, richchurch.cc, click on next steps. There's a place there where you can actually download a Bible app for your phone or tablet or whatever it is that you use. There's also links to devotionals that you can use. You can go to Facebook later today to our blog tomorrow and you can click on links to get to devotionals and and things that you can start with to do so that you can begin to to listen to his voice. We want to put these tools and these resources into your hands. We want to help you take that next step. Now, let me caution you with something. Don't do this. Don't do that thing where you go, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover this year. That's what I'm going to do because you'll get to January 3rd and you'll, you'll quit, right? Like you'll just be done, right? You get to Genesis 2 and you'll be like, I'm out. Can't do it. Don't do that. Start small. Start simple. Don't make it more complicated than it is. But start somewhere. Start somewhere. Listen to his voice. Do what he says. Read his word. Do his word. Become the word. And so again, not to oversimplify things, but I think knowing God's will is all about that right there. It's all about listening to his voice and doing the best of our flawed and imperfect ability to do what he says. If we really love Jesus, we will increasingly love what he loves. And we will be transformed by the renewal of our minds, like Paul says here in Romans 12. We, I think we all, myself especially included, when it comes to following God's plan and, and purpose and will for our lives, I think that, that we make mistakes in those decisions, you know, choosing to, to base our, our decisions on our own understanding, seeking to please ourselves over seeking to please Jesus. I know that I've done that. I do it all the time. 
I think that we all do that at times. And, and when, when I do this, this is, this is me stepping out. This is me disobeying him. This is me stepping out of, of obedience toward him. And that's, that's sin. But the wonderful thing to remember in all of our decisions is that Jesus is a good shepherd. He is a good shepherd. He has laid down his life for us so that in all of our sins, so that they are all covered, including every sinful or defective decision that we've ever made. He will never leave us. He has a staff long enough to rescue us. He has the strength to pull us back into his fold when we've stepped out of his will for us. Because he is a good shepherd. The Bible tell, he uses this analogy of, of Jesus being a shepherd. You know what a shepherd does, right? A shepherd has a flock. A shepherd has uh, a, something that he watches over, that he protects, that he leads, that he guides. And that when one wanders off, the shepherd goes and he brings the sheep back in. This is exactly who Jesus is. He's a good shepherd to us. And so I, there is not a single person in this room that has not made a bad decision, right? We've all made bad decisions. We've all disobeyed God at times. We've all stepped out of his plan and his purpose and his will for us. And so to, to, today as we, we're going to sing a song here in just a moment, we're going to close. And as, as, we, as we do that, as we come around this time of, of opportunity for us to, to take a next step, if that's you, then we just encourage you to, to take a few moments today to, to just ask God to, to clear the path for you, to show you a vision, to show you where you are, and, and to show you where you should be. Romans 8.28, Paul writes this, and I'll close. He says, and we know, I love this, he says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That doesn't mean that everything is, is easy. It means that whether our decision was in his will or outside of it, because our good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep, he's going to redeem that for his purpose. Did you ever think about that? Isn't that crazy? Like the bad decisions that we've made that God, if we love him, if we honor him, if we try to, to do the best that we can to pursue him, that he's going to take our bad decisions, our mess-ups, our mistakes, and he is actually going to redeem it for his purpose. Isn't that good news for us? That was good news for me. I'll take that. And this is what a good shepherd does. This is what Jesus does. Would you stand to your feet as we pray? Maybe, maybe you've struggled with knowing what his plan or his purpose, his will is for your life. As we, as we sing this song, I just to ask you to, to take that next step, to take an opportunity to just pray and, 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 and to... Uh, take a moment to do whatever it takes to be able to listen to his voice. Maybe it's asking God to, to show you where uh, you need to clear some time in your schedule so that, that you have time to, to read his word. Maybe it's, to, it's, it's not a problem of reading his word. It's having the courage to actually do his word. 